every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 31st episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am your host, Mike Falkenstein, and I have good news and bad news for all of you that are listening today. The good news, of course, is that this is the Tuesday after Easter, and so we certainly serve a risen Lord and Savior. He has risen indeed, and so that's the good news today. Uh, The bad news is that I'm without my regular co-host Ken Watmore over the last week or so you know as many, as many of you know we record the podcast here in lovely South Denver here in Colorado and in the last week or so we've gotten about 25 inches of snow in the last week and so that has just made it hard for Ken and I to connect at least in part because several of the days that we would have normally are kind of our window that we would have normally recorded the podcast the roads were just not very accessible, and uh, we couldn't get through, and Ken couldn't get here, and now I'm getting ready to uh, go out of town for a ministry trip, and so I have to just record an episode, and uh, I have to do it without Ken, and so that's unfortunate, although I think the topic that we have today is a good one. As many of you know, the Made for Missions podcast really was started to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. And, you know, I get a lot of questions about, I mean, you know, the first piece in all of that is understanding what is the Great Commission and what it actually means for us. And so before we can really go very far in Great Commission fulfillment, of course, we have to know what the Great Commission is. And so I've chosen for this solo episode of the Made for Missions podcast. Uh, I wrote recently a blog post. I believe it was called The Five Passages of the Great Commission. And so I thought I would go through that a little bit. uh, Just, you know, I think for us to know how to obey the Great Commission, of course, the first part of it is, is just knowing you know, what it is and what Jesus meant in this command. And so there are Five passages that we would typically say, yeah, these are, you know, all uh, Great Commission passages. And so we take all five of them and we get kind of this bigger picture of, you know, what is the Great Commission? And so let's go through the five passages of the Great Commission. Of course, the first one is probably the most popular. And so we're talking about there are there are passages in, in all four Gospels and in the book of Acts. And so... The first of the passages is in Matthew. It's probably the most popular of all the verses, and it's Matthew 28, 19 and 20. And this is the one that gets quoted the most. This is the one that people use the most. And it goes like this. Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And that's the one that we get quoted the most. And it is what I would call kind of the key verse of the Great Commission. And in fact, if you only had time to quote one passage of scripture, I would say this would definitely be the one. Kind of a close second would be the passage that we know about so well in uh, the book of Acts, Acts 1.8. But this one, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And there's a couple of quick comments about that in terms of uh, us understanding the passage. The first one, of course, is that Jesus is not calling us simply to make converts, but to make disciples. And uh, as most of you know, the process of discipleship is a much longer process, right? This is a process where a Christian with a life worth reproducing commits himself over an extended period of time to other individuals seeing their walk with Jesus mature and then for them then to be investing in a what we would call a third spiritual generation. I mean, this is a much longer process. And so now, two things to say about that. Number one, that is true. Number two, you need converts first uh, before you can have disciples, right? So the in my in kind of my technical definition, the person who wants to become a disciple maker actually has to have people who have been won to Christ to disciple. So that's first. And we get to that in the uh, the Mark passage here in a minute. But, but certainly, you know, that's the first thing to notice is that Jesus calls us to make disciples, to become disciple-making people. The other two things I think are interesting about this passage is, so we're making disciples... But then we're doing two other things, right? We're, uh, we're baptizing them. And so clearly, I mean, you know, I've heard people talk about how baptism is not a biblical concept and that's, you know, the silliest idea ever because it's right here in the Great Commission. You know, we're called to baptize them and then finally to teach. So disciples need continual teaching and Jesus says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And so obviously, in order to do that, we need to know what Jesus is, is, uh, is uh, what, what Jesus has commanded us to do. So, and by the way, I often think this is interesting because it's kind of this reciprocal, circular kind of an idea, right? That, so Jesus says, teach them all that I have commanded you to do. One of the things he's commanded us to do is to go and make disciples, right? And to teach and to baptize. And so it's like a continual life process where we're teaching people, we're discipling people, we're teaching those disciples, we're teaching those disciples to teach others and to disciple others. And, you know, there's this process of, of this reciprocal deal that goes kind of round and round. So, so that's the, the first passage of the Great Commission. The second, I think, is actually the, the, the second through the fourth we don't hear much about. And so it's always sort of my pleasure and my privilege to sort of point it out. So Mark sixteen fifteen, Jesus says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And so I love this verse because it sure seems to, to me that we're, we're called to preach Regardless if we have the gift of evangelism, you know, we know uh, the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 
to do the work of an evangelist. And so even for those of you who don't have the spiritual gift of evangelism, boy, it sure seems like we're called to do the work of an evangelist, which you can do in a number of ways, right? Just to be salt and light around those around you, uh, to know how to share your own testimony with others. And so Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and, and proclaim the gospel. In both of them, by the way, the first two that we read, what do we see? We see the words go, and we have the idea of to all nations or to the whole world. And so and so that becomes a common theme in the in the Great Commission as well, is that this is not just a I mean, this is a global impact type of a deal. This is a global reach type of a situation. And so I think that's why, you know, as a side note, a lot of ministries have the word global in their name because, you know, they're called to the world, the whole world. So so we've got Matthew twenty eight, nineteen through twenty, we've got Mark sixteen, fifteen. The third passage of the Great Commission is in Luke 24, and we, we see in Luke 24, 45 through 49, the third passage of the Great Commission. And one thing I forgot to mention before I read this this verse that uh, is important to, to note is that all of this is happening in the days sort of just before the end of uh, Jesus's earthly ministry. So in the very last days, I mean, you could tell he has a limited amount of time left and there are certain things he wants to make sure that are recorded that he says. And so that's why, you know, we see these, we see these themes over and over again, and all of them are sort of towards the end of his earthly ministry. So in Luke 24, he says, it says, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer, and on the third day f- from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending my promise of my Father upon you, but stay into the city until you are clothed with power and on from high. So he says, you know, this message that I've now given to you, the message of repentance and forgiveness of, sh- of sins, should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And uh, we see that theme, by the way, in the uh, in Acts 1-8, right? The, the one that we all know. And it'll be the last one that I mention that, uh, you know, we're called to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And so we get that same theme in Luke 24. Hey, this starts locally and then it goes globally. And, you know, this Luke 24 passage is probably the least talked about Great Commission command passage, probably because there's less of a command in this passage and more of an assumption. Hey, I just assume Jesus is saying, you're going to go. You're going to tell this to uh, the nations. Jesus is assuming all will stay and proclaim the repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And so, you know, uh, again, we, we kind of pick up on this again and we say, you know, there's just kind of this theme, right? There's this theme to go to into all nations. And even if you're not called, certainly, you know, as John Piper says about Christians, you need to either be an active goer, an active sender, or you're disobedient. You know, there's only only three options there. And so that's a good place, by the way, to sort of sit on that, think about it. Uh, let us take our, our break, our intermission. We're going to have our good friend Tom Muller say a few words to us. And so, Tom, thanks for joining us uh, as well uh, week after week. 
Thanks for being here. And uh, we thank all of you for listening to this podcast. And we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, Tom Muller again. I'm often stricken by the passion of the missionaries of the 1800s. They had a clear understanding of the Great Commission command and their responsibility to obey. Listen to a couple of these quotes from these missionary heroes. Hudson Taylor, the first Western missionary to go into the inland provinces of China. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Or how about Henry Martin, missionary to India and Persia? The Spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. The nearer we get to Him, the more intensely missionary we become. It is the same spirit that Mike Falkenstein and the Made for Missions team brings to their calling to mobilize Christians toward the Great Commission. For those who want to join Mike and the team with that same zeal, I would encourage you to visit MikeFalkenstein.com and peruse the website and join Mike and his team in mobilizing Christians toward the Great Commission. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us. And I thank Tom Muller again for the great word that he always brings us. You know, for those of you who are in the Denver area, by the way, I would highly encourage you to listen to 94.7 FM, particularly in the mornings, because that's when my friend Tom Muller is on the air and he does such a fantastic job week after week. And so thank you, Mr. Tom. So we're talking about the five verses of the Great Commission command. We've talked about Matthew 28. We've talked about Mark 16, 15, and Luke 24. So we get to the passage in the book of John, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And so we get this same kind of theme, right? We're we're kind of building on this theme. Go, make disciples. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. We read in Mark, Luke 24, that this this message should be proclaimed to all nations. And then in John, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And so so this is post-resurrection. Uh, we're, we're seeing this in the upper room. Uh, it's the first thing Jesus says to the disciples as he as he's coming, you know, he's, he's resurrected. He finds him in the upper room. The very first thing he says is, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And so again, what do we do with that? I mean, we take that and we go, okay, Jesus sends us. We know that he calls us to make disciples. He calls us to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. And, you know, I'm I'm generally not uh, as, as bold as some others are, but certainly, you know, uh, Hudson Taylor, one of my uh, missionary heroes, right? The Great Commission is a is a not a suggestion to be thought about, but a uh, but a command to be obeyed, right? And and so certainly that's our hope in the Made for Missions podcast is to say, hey, this is a command for all of us, and we need to find out. We need to begin praying about how God wants to use us to to go. Now, the going, by the way, might just be. In your neighborhood. I mean, you can make disciples in your neighborhood. And then as you see God, you know, use you in that arena, 
then you, yeah, then you go, yeah, I saw God do something. Maybe I will go to, you know, from one state to another, or maybe I will go to Mexico, or maybe I will go somewhere else. And so, and so again and again, we see this theme. And then, of course, we get to the last of the five Great Commission passages, Acts 1.8. And I love Acts 1.8. I absolutely love Acts 1.8. In fact, with the ministry that I direct, China Resource Center, we've, we're, we're sensing God direct us in a little bit different direction. Now, some will be very similar, but, you know, and I, if, if, there's a, if there's a shift in the direction at all, it has to do with Acts 1.8, right? So Acts 1.8 says, Jesus says, I mean, this is literally the last thing he says before he ascends into heaven. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Wow. 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 That is so great. That is so great. I mean, you know, we're called to be the witnesses of Jesus in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, you know, I mean, this is by far my favorite, or at least tied with the Matthew passage. And I had a, I have a friend of mine here locally in Denver, Rod Johnson, who at one point was the missions committee chairman of the church that I was attending. And of course, I was a part of that missions committee. And he was the first one to point out something to me that I think is very important. And I've pointed it out to countless number of people since then. And that is that when you read this passage in Acts 1.8, it does not say that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria or to the ends of the earth, right? Uh, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of ands there, which indicates, yeah, I want you to be a witness here and there and there and to the ends of the earth. There's kind of this calling, and I think particularly I I often connect that with churches because obviously churches, being a collection of Christians, all who have the command to obey the Great Commission, have the ability and the resources to do that in a, in multiple places. And so, you know, I think the, the, the point there is that we are called to reach people in all of the areas and not just one, right? And so, uh, another side note, by the way, to Acts 1.8, one thing that I, I'm often very quick to point out is that, you know, obviously Jesus was um, talking to people in first century Israel and so he's trying to give them the context of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And those were the, the points that they would understand. In today's world, for example, for an American, it would be your hometown, Jerusalem, Judea, your state, Samaria, uh, your country, and to the ends of the earth, which then goes around the earth. And so uh, around the world, rather. And so, so, yeah, I guess the point being that you know, I I love when churches have a have a, have a multi-purpose strategy of, okay, God, how is it that you want us to reach our city, our state, our country, and to places around the world? And so that's a uh, that's a key point, I think. So as we conclude this episode, as I conclude this episode, uh, what do we take away from this? Well. I think we take a couple of things away, and uh, I've I've kind of I've kind of now hit on the first one, probably enough, but it's at least worth bearing, you know, saying in the conclusion, which is, a this is a command for all of us, and so you know, I guess I would say if 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 you don't believe that, 
just go back and then just do what I did. Just go back and look at these passages, do the study. And then as you understand that the Great Commission is a command for you, it's not a pressure situation other than than to say, you know, pray, just pray, pray what God, pray what God, pray, pray that God would, would lead you to kind of that part of the Great Commission and how he wants you to, to lead. One thing I'll say in that, by the way, and one thing that we're developing with our ministry is what we're calling First Steps Training, uh, which is the shortened version of the actual title, which is the First step first Steps to Great Commission Fulfillment. But we just call it our First Steps Training. And the First Steps Training, what we do, and we've, we've had podcast episodes about this and just sort of reaching our neighbors what we were calling the Engage 13 uh, program. And we had my friend Dudley Callison come on and give kind of six, six steps to begin reaching your neighbors. And I would just say, if you don't know where else to go and find Great Commission fulfillment, certainly Jesus himself in Matthew 22 gives you the first steps, aha, the first steps to that fulfillment, which is another command that we see that we actually call the great commandment, right? In the great commandment in Matthew 22, Jesus says, love the Lord your God, right? With all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. We know that part. The second part is, which is like it, he says, or which is equal to it, love your neighbor as yourself. And if there's anything that that means, it just means reach out, love the people that you live around, right? And and I always tell people, hey, there's a reason. I mean, that nothing happens in God's economy by accident. There's a reason why you live where you live. Reach out to those people. And so go back in our podcast and listen to the episodes. I want to say, if you were to start somewhere in the, in the episode 24 range, uh, yeah, that would be a good start for you. And so you, you look up the one that my friend Dudley Callison did and it's, it's fantastic. And really, the, the reaching your neighbors is just very simply beginning to befriend them and get to know their story and begin to learn how to pray for them. And yeah, so that's, you know, in our in our first steps training, that's what we're telling people to do, which, by the way, for those of you in the Denver area, we're doing that training May 11th at my church, Rocky Mountain Community Church. And so I would encourage you to join us May 11th. 6.30 p.m. Maybe finally, the, the final thing is just to encourage you all to uh, not only to begin to pray and ask God how he wants you to be involved, but then finally to listen and to obey when he tells you. And I think that's the thing that I've learned in doing a lot of this research about how to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission best is when God tells you to go, very often people don't go. They know that God is talking, but they're, you know, they're like Jonah and they don't go at first. And I would just encourage you to go and whatever he's telling you to do, whether it's your neighbors, your, your workmates, your, you know, uh, prison ministry, uh, you know, whatever it is, China, Bolivia, wherever, wherever he's calling you to go, be a zealous goer. For those of you who aren't called to go, be a zealous sender and do the work of an evangelist locally. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. I hope this is helpful. You know my heart. I just really want to see people mobilized and equipped towards the Great Commission. It's so important. I would just encourage you all to uh, go to my website, MikeFalkenstein.com, where we have other some other tools to help you. Listen to more podcast episodes. Obviously, if you want to interact, I'm at Missions Mike on Twitter. My co-host, Ken Watmore, is at Ken Watmore, and uh, he's always happy to have you chime in with him as well. 
Thank you so much for joining us. I sure hope that uh, you all are well, that you're finding ways to obey the Great Commission in the ways that God wants you to, to go. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll look forward to having you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast.